Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? Boy, with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john jd and i forgot my power cord at starbucks so we'll see how much internal battery this computer has <laughs> You didn't have to tell the world that you were forgetful. Oh, I, I am. So why hide from it? He, he's he's approaching our age, Dave. Our our age from ten years ago. Granted, but, you, you know he he's getting up there. So uh, it's okay to be that way. Are, are you one of those writers that works at Starbucks? Yes. Pretentious. Well, uh, no. <laughs> well, no. Wait, what Starbucks do you, do you work at? Like the one in DeKalb, Illinois? No, because uh, what I'm saying is like. I, I will sometimes go well before the, the pandemic, I would have gone to a Starbucks too, but there's a Barnes and Noble with a Starbucks in it and it, it has the perfect places to sit and I write and do stuff. I did that yesterday when there's, cause there's like a, not a Barnes and Noble by me, but yeah, we had practice. We had morning practice today because of the holiday. So I just hung out at school all day or hung out in the town I work in all day. So yeah. And it's, you know, 50 cents for a refill. So it's, it's all right. Panera's free refills, but Starbucks has better seating. <laughs> I just so, like sitting next to stacks of books. <laughs> I do too, but it's a little too one. There's not a Barnes and Noble near me. Two, it's a little too little too noisy. Mine's not. So. Yeah, my the one by us, or the one the closest one does. So so besides coaching and hanging out at Starbucks, what else did you do this week, JD? Anything fun? It's not a movie. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that a little later. I saw a movie by myself. <gasps> like it was a theater it was a 10 o'clock at night or it was a 9 15 showing on a sunday night and it was totally 100 percent empty it was great i saw uh did i see sang chi by myself no sang chi my son went with me there was something i did see by myself and i can't remember now recently there were one or two that i've seen by myself i can't like but yeah you know, once i got vaccinated i did start going back to the theaters and yeah, like there were the first two. I think there wasn't anybody else in the theater. It was cool. I've been to one. I saw the movies we've seen. I've not been to the theater. I've seen them through either on uh, HBO or through nefarious means. So this is the first time I have been in a theater. Actually, I went to a wrestling show in a theater, like in May, when it looked like, "Hey, we might get out of this thing." Uh huh. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. But since then, that was like. But I haven't seen a. Mo- the last movie I saw in the theater was Doctor Sleep. And that was wow. February of 2020. Wow. Movie, by the way. So yeah, yes. this, was a, this was a new thing for me. And you? Me or John? Okay. John, 
and you <laughs> you you uh, we've been past me who wants to hear about me anyway yeah i want to john <laughs> i want to know in fact all our fans want to know what have you been up to what makes john tick i got uh, a booster shot and was on my ass for another day and a half what's just the- flat on my back non-responsive I was I was so out of it. I started watching One Piece. Do you know what it's like to start watching One Piece now? There are yeah. over a thousand episodes of One Piece, and I started it. That means, as an anime person, I can't stop now. That's horrible. See, so, <laughs> girls, and he's available. I, it's funny. I did not have any side Jesus effects Christ. from the booster shot, <laughs> with the exception of I went to the dentist the next day, the day after I got my booster. And they took my blood pressure. I'm like, why are you taking my blood pressure to the dentist? That's weird. And it came back and it was obscenely high. And I was yeah. like, what the F? And then I checked my, my resting heart rate on my Fitbit and it was obscenely high. And it was like, apparently that's just your body's way of fighting off potential infection. So mm-hmm. it freaked me out for a couple of days, but other than that, I didn't get, I didn't get sick or anything, but the doctor said that's because I had, I had it. So, so you know. the, the, the doctor used to test my blood pressure and it'd be high too but it was because my doctor's really really oh <laughs> you enjoy the turning cough huh you turn and cough at half mast he's also one of the best doctors i've ever had so oh, sure you know, are um, we revisiting last week anyway, now anyway John, all i yeah. need is an opening oh yeah I, <laughs> that's what she said yes it is <laughs> but no no i mean yeah, yeah like I, after my second moderna shot i was on my ass for i was flat on my back for for three days so this is a half dose and apparently it works out that i was only out of it for about a day and a half i feel better now but up until last night i was still having you know fevers so he's hoping that these are better against delta than the last one yeah but but that's the thing though like at least i know that it's working and i now have yeah. an immunity so yeah. Just that I'm a pure girly geek, and <laughs> you know again, my immune girl, system. My immune system needs a lot of prodding. Again, girls, he's he's available for parties and bar mitzvahs. He is good in bar mitzvahs. I made a lot of. I used to make a lot of money shooting bar mitzvahs. Because because those kids are fast and they're hard to get. No, the parents just pay <laughs> obscenely well. That's why shooting bar mitzvahs. Yeah, huh? That's a, not a funny joke to joke about killing children, despite how many times I debated it. <laughs> see, see, there's humor there somewhere. Thirteen-year-olds are the worst people in the world. They god. are. They're oh awful. god, they are. They are. They're little. They're little sociopaths. They are. They're right in the. They're right in between being able to do bad things and not understanding what the word bad means. Yeah, not really understanding what the word bad. You know. Yeah. yeah, 13 middle school kids suck. Mm. Yep. How about you, Dave? Just shoot any kids or get any shots? No, I didn't. I've got a couple months before I need to get a booster. And because uh, I didn't get it till right before New York. So, and let's see what I didn't shoot any kids. No, I actually, I really, I haven't done much other than, you know, work and go out with my girlfriend and go see a movie. So, yes, I have a. Uh, I don't have much of a social life. You have a girlfriend. That is your social life. I know. That's why that's I rely. Yeah. I'm a parent. I don't have a social Well, that's true. So am I. Wait a minute. I'm a parent of a child. You have like a teenager. They're fine. I have two yes. cats. I don't have a social life. <laughs> you don't even well, feed a cat. You just put the food out and open the toilet and they're fine. 
open. You know, if that were the case, I wouldn't have to hire a cat sitter while I'm gone to my sister's for Thanksgiving. Oh, you got soft ass cats, man. Open the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, you open the toilet. It takes care of both. It drinks and it pisses. It's fine. I have have not tried to uh, train the cats to do that. (laughs) Oh, you're a damn fool. Well, then, I wish. I mean, training because the, the biggest problem is not news. <laughs> the cats don't flush. So what? They don't. We have to. You ever clean the litter box? They're disgusting. Yeah, I have a cat. It oh. is disgusting. Why wouldn't you train <laughs> the cats? Only if you, you wait too long. How long do you wait before you clean? I don't have a cat. It, My sister had a cat. If you clean it out once a week, you're <laughs> fine. Yeah, I, I. You you're comfortable with like just like random feces hanging out in your house. I used to muck stalls it. for like a, a, a but did you a live barn? in the stall? What did you live in the stall? You live in your live, house. I don't live in the litter box. And the thing is, no, but the litter box like, is in your house. Do you sleep next to your toilet bowl? Like, do you? Well, maybe sometimes. Have you actually. seen? Wait, but you don't sleep you, next to the wait, litter box have either. Have you seen litter it's boxes? It's in your house. Days? Litter boxes have have roofs. You've got mats where they the cats got roofs walk away right. and all this. The, 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 the litter box, like it, it, the they have ones that auto scoop now. Quite a bit since you last. You are comfortable with 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 feces just floating in the air, like the cat poops and it hangs out in a box. I don't care how much dust is on top of it; it's still poop. Would you use a litter box, John? If you had to, people. Oh, I mean, that's a serious question. I, I, would I you keep, use I keep a litter a box? Very clean litter box. Thank you very much. Well, would you use a litter box? Is my question. Well, no, but I'm not a cat. That's my point. That's my point. Why do we accept that cats will just poop and pee? I'm trying to clean it up. Just and we just let them do it. I'll clean it once a week. Would you flush the toilet once a week? Again, I used to muck stalls for like 15 horses. But you didn't it's, live in the stall. I lived next to the stalls. That's different. You weren't in there breathing it and imbibing it and like letting it like join the air. Have you ever had you? to clean horses? You're in the, right. you're, you wind up in right. you wind up in does. the barn my, like 24-7. My kid does. All right. Kid horses. Let's get out of the crap box. But I want to say, if you have an issue, you if you if you have a concern about uh, <laughs> feces in the air, you should watch the MythBusters episode about toothbrushes. All right. I have. I do have an air filter right there too. I mean, you know, I'm not a fool. <laughs> it's just poop, poop with HEPA filters. There's feces in the air everywhere. There's feces in the air everywhere. Yes, yes, there are. It seems to by. Dude, when you flush the toilet, you get you get even more than than what you get out of a cat box. But it's my feces. It's not another <laughs> creature's feces. What about your son's? That's bad enough. <laughs> All right. So, so on the social media, man, because wow. okay, I'm done of the took a turn, man. I'm done with the crap talk. <laughs> yeah, this this is a crappy subject. We've gone right into the shitter. You guys uh, are taking my job and just making all the bad puns. Why don't Why don't we shit, stop swimming man. through the effluvium and it's total uh, shit? <laughs> so we talked about the X Men '97 cartoon coming to the yeah. Disney Plus and Parlay Hour. Theodph. Theodph. They That's said the Pig Latin. I don't understand. They said hell yeah. Oh shoot! I forgot the other. I forgot to include the other tweet about this, which um, got me. I wanted to find it real quick. Somebody had basically said, oh, it's already on there. And I was like, well, yeah, but this is a reboot, a new cartoon. They're like, oh, my God, best news I heard all day. And I can't find the I'm just kind of curious, like it's going to be interesting, but eh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. I saw a bunch of the uh, there's a bunch of people pissed off about it online. Pissed off about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's it's going to be woke. 
they're afraid that an X-Men oh, show is going to be woke. You know, those people aren't worth listening to. No, they aren't, but they entertain me. You know, well, no, you read the X-Men and complain about, you know, wokeness. Yeah, they, they obviously, yeah, right. Because they obviously don't understand the whole point of Marvel. Because if, <laughs> if there was one guy who was subtle with his messaging, it was Chris Claremont. Or, well, that's yeah. not even, that's not even, let's not <laughs> even talk about Chris Claremont. The X-Men were created as an allegory to the civil rights movement. Yes, and Chris Claremont <laughs> laid it on real thick when he was writing for two decades. Well, how, listen, I mean, I look at any quote by Stan Lee for crying yeah. out loud or any any most I mean, of that group they're I mean, the, wo- the x-men are the wokest comics creations ever <sighs> like it's it's hilarious to me yeah i it mean before people knew what woke meant <laughs> well not woke me no that's like a that's like a buzz term now for anything you yeah, it is like. right it's woke but it, like progressive it was progressive anyway, and it was super, i don't know inclusive. anyway very inclusive and that's that's the whole thing too and it's just like don't judge things before you even see what it is like this assumption that it's going to be heavy-handed how's that before it's even out it's like you don't know just just go watch it you know i would argue the x-men's are constantly have constantly been heavy-handed yeah let's let's worry let's worry more about the storylines and the 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 was it the animation you know yeah that's a question i still wonder what they do with the animation like do they just go all out like, do they just mimic the style or they try to is disney Disney capable of doing bad work that's what i wonder oh you know four frames a minute i mean so by the way save a lot of money real quick (laughs) that it was that's wild and it's at john lennon four he said it's always been on disney and i i said yeah but we're talking about the announcement of them making new episodes and they went for real best news all day so that's funny because we don't break news especially on twitter no no we have it in a long time it's it's been pounded out long before we get a chance to tweet about it because we're terrible but yeah no like 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 for an example the same thing with uh masters of the universe people had were talking about that before they watched it about it being you know heavy-handed woke whatever and it's like no it was terrible for other reasons they killed off the main character the first episode it's really hard to argue that one like i never haven't seen the show but a five-year-old told me he didn't want to watch it for that reason and that told me everything i need to know about it yeah mission mission failed yes Yeah, you're not getting new, like, I get the idea of doing something different and, and making old fans happy, but if you're losing new potential viewers, like, yeah, you, you failed. So, all right, moving on, we talked about Henry Cavill, possibly being James Bond, Captain Britain, or both. What do people think of that? And we got Shadow Walker, good old Shadow Walker, we haven't heard from him in a while, said, sorry, no to Henry Cavill as James Bond or as Captain Britain. Any other Marvel role? He was terrible as Superman and should be blackballed from from any acting. Okay. We've Dave, talked about this before. It wasn't his fault. Dave, right. I want to congratulate you. Yes. For finding the worst take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's right here. So so I'm here to say we've discussed this on the show many times. If you've seen a bunch of movies that he's been in besides Superman, he's in a really good actor. It's just He's not even bad in Superman. He's not the problem. No, it's the story and the director. So, yep. Yeah, let's not. uh, So, Shadow Walker, go watch uh, Man from Uncle. And you'll see he make an excellent James Bond. Go watch Mission Impossible 3. He's a great villain. He's quite talented. I haven't watched The Witcher. Don says it's good. It's really good. It is really good. Uh, I mean, you only like. They don't don't give him a lot of emotional range, but he doesn't have a lot of, you know. 
he doesn't have that much emotional range as a character but but what he does do is he makes that work which is kind of hard let's be honest john you only watch it for the cavil butt He's a handsome man. Where is that coming from? I, <laughs> no. I can admit it. Hey, Campbell's a handsome that's man. What, that's what Don was saying last week. His wife only watches it for the cavil butt. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching this because it's really cool. I mean, the fight. I, there's a there's a, a YouTube website that I watch. This woman who who shows, who basically debunks stuff about armor and, and fighting and all that. And she says those fight scenes in The Witcher are some of the best on TV. They're, they're some of the most accurate which is saying something. Yeah. My wife freely admits to watching Outlander for the butt. See? Oh, well, that's and only reading. Only, that's the only reading reason the books. Then reading the books specifically for the descriptions of that, the butt. That goes for both men and women. That's that's all well, Outlanders you know, for. I mean, I'm only going to watch The Witcher for Cavill's butt. So, I mean, Fair. when I finally watch it. Yeah. because one, mean, if there's a man to uh, butt admire... Henry Cavill's up there. And exactly. Chris Evans, Chris Evans also has America's well, he, he ass. Has, so. He has America's ass, yes, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> so last week we had a lot of fun. We had our good friends D-Square and Ray from the Grill Brain Podcast on, and we talked about one of the greatest crappy movies of all time. That's a great way to sell it. It's a wonderful uh, piece of shit. It's a piece of shit. Now, of course, that is Superman 3. And so... I brought this one up because we had Dr. Pop Culture, B- BGSU, who's at Dr. Col- Dr. Pop Culture BG on the Twitters, said... Great name. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, he told me, check out Superman Movie Minute. It's another podcast. And what they do is they are going over all of the Superman movies five minutes at a time. Like five minutes. This is interesting. Five minutes of each movie. So like the first five minutes, they talk about that. And then the next podcast and the, and the, and the show is only like 15, 20 minutes long each episode. And yeah, so, and there's, there's a couple of them on the show and like it's five minute chunks of the movie and they are currently on Superman three. They had just finished in the last episode. They had just finished the uh, junkyard fight between Superman and Clark Kent. Wow. Like, this is like our negative podcast, like, <laughs> right? This is like our Bizarro pod. This is this is our Bizarro podcast. It is. Is it, yes. is it good? Is it a good show? You're giving them a lot of pub right now, and we don't. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Like, I, I, this is a this is a fun concept. You maybe know, invite, maybe invite one of them in to talk. I mean, like they have a schedule, but like if we were talking about the older movies because they've already covered those, yeah, you know, that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, maybe get maybe get a slight hint of the what they think of Man of Steel. Uh, well. <laughs> How long is it going to take him to go through the Snyder Cut? The year of our Lord, 2037. <laughs> that's, the, that's when they'll get near the end. All right. And then finally, part of the reason we do social media madness, obviously, is so we can do shout outs on Twitter to people that we mention. And we do them every week. And of course, last week we talked to you guys pointed out that I said the name of this person wrong. Violent Semen Inferno. I said it correct this time. So, of course, we gave them a shout out and then they replied, bro, I was not part of this podcast, LOL, <laughs> to which I replied, you were mentioned. And D-Square said he didn't listen. Sad yeah. face. Disappointing. Disappointing. We did talk about the violent sea for the, <laughs> I almost said violent seafood, the violent semen inferno. That's a hard thing to say, actually, fast. So, you know, yes, yes. You missed out. You missed out, VSI. Yes, you did on some great, great sexual innuendos, which seems like that would be right up your alley with your right up, right up something. <laughs> with Fine, your great. Twitter hands. 
<laughs> Ray and, and JD had fun. That's what's important. Don did too. Don was singing Shawn Michaels. <laughs> That's right. So that is all the social media madness for this week. And there was much celebrating. So on that note, here's our good friend D Squared to tell you how you can follow us on social media and be part of social media madness. Enjoying the show? Want to be part of social media madness? Make sure you are following SuperheroSpeak.com where you can find all of the show's social media links at the top of the page. While you're there, you can check out old episodes of the podcast as well as some other great content. Check the site often because we are posting some great comic reviews as well as comic book and movie news content every day. Make sure and follow us on Twitter at SuperheroSpeak. And while you're there, check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. You can follow them at stars underscore geek. The Geek World All-Star Podcast Network include great programs such as the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, So Wizard, Fans on Patrol, the Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Search for hashtag GWAllStars. You will not be disappointed. Now, it's back to Dave and the boys on Superhero Speak. All right, thanks for that, Don. And don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd Podcast, available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available, and occasionally on our show. <laughs> and on that note, we'll take our first commercial break, and we'll be right back. After these messages... Right back. All right, we are back. We've got a little bit of news to talk about this week. Not too much happened, but a couple interesting things came out. So we're all fans of Blade Runner in this podcast, I think. Can I just say that when I first saw this, the headline said that Ridley Scannell Ridley Scott announced a live Blade Runner alien TV show. And I'm like, <gasps> oh, you mean you saw you saw action and thought it said alien? <laughs> no, no, no. Because they, they announced they're doing alien one, too. Oh, oh, okay. and, and, and but but the, the, the title you, said Blade really? Runner and alien TV show. And I'm like, you're kidding me. You, you thought I they watched the That's... hell out of that. But no, they, they're going to be separate shows. Yes. And apparently the pilot is already written. And uh, they are currently working on the show and they're shopping it around. So I'm curious, like there is currently an animated Blade Runner show on Nick at, not Nick at Night, Cartoon, not Cartoon Network. What's the After Dark one? The Adult Swim. Cart- Adult Swim, yes. Uh, there's a Blade Runner uh, cartoon on Adult Swim. It's a female Blade Runner. I haven't watched it yet, but I keep seeing the ads for it. And I keep saying, I'm going to stay up and watch it. And then I fall asleep. Uh, <laughs> but... Hey, what do we think of a live action Blade Runner? And would we watch it? And how do you make it work? That's the other question. What do you think, JD? I don't think I'm interested yeah. in this. Hmm? I don't think I'm interested in this. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what what's what's the what's I mean, what what's the premise? What's what's the plot because I mean, it was good enough for a movie, but like a long-running you, TV show or something? or Have you guys ever seen what um, Ridley Scott does when he revisits properties that he hasn't touched in several decades? I, I, I wouldn't know because I don't, because those other alien movies don't exist. 
Mm, I'm glad you can think that. Um, <laughs> I do acknowledge the existence of Prometheus and Covenant, and they suck. So the only thing that came out of those was the Prometheus school of running away from things. So, <laughs> you know, when a building's falling, you run away from well, it yeah. in a straight line, so it falls on you. Never so, yes. turn. So you're saying, yeah. So I mean, basically, if you look at like something like Prometheus, where he kind of like took the idea of alien and totally changed it. <laughs> More or less, like well, mangled he's it. Been, he's always been kind of pissy that things evolved in a different direction than he had in mind. Mm-hmm. Which he was the one who didn't, who wasn't interested in making alien sequels to begin with. Right. So he let James Cameron kind of decide how these things operate, and he's been, he's never really kind of forgiven it. So I don't know. And is he pissy about Denny Villeneuve? Villeneuve? I can never say his name. Doing Blade Runner the sequel? I mean, like, I don't know, man. I just. I'm kind of over Ridley Scott at the moment. Like he's in his eighties and he's really freaking surly complaining about superhero movies while he's out here trying to make <clears> his own <throat> franchises. And, and, and look, look at the, other, look at the alien, alien movies. He doesn't even know what direction he wanted to go in. No, he really doesn't. Covenant covenant starts off with such potential. And then by the end of it, you're like, this is shit. Yeah. They, yeah. None of them make any sense. There's no plot. It's just weirdness. That's all it is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, and- I'm not done with it. I, I also brought it up too because I was kind of th- wondering, like Blade Runner is one of those movies you look back on with fondness, but and it's a you know a cult classic. But like, is it really a good movie? Hey, here's the problem with Blade Runner. Which version did you see? Oh, well, like- I mean, I know I've seen I've seen the original, and I think I think I've seen the director's cut. Yeah. He saw the original and maybe the director's cut. He says that's the thing is there's like three or four different cuts. There's like that's I can't remember which which, replicant is he not a replicant? Yes, that's part of the problem. I can't remember either. Yes, like that changed in every cut. Like they would go back and forth on it. Well, yeah, but you 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 are currently describing Ridley Scott's problem is he did like. It's almost like a George Lucas thing, right? George Lucas needed people around him for the first three Star Wars movies in order for things to go in a solid direction. But when oh, they God. left, let George Lucas go on his own, we went straight into the curly Q, you know, negotiation. Was it trade negotiations territory? Right. So really, Scott himself does not. Ha- he's not good at writing a solid plot. He he may be good at coming up with 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 good ideas good starting ideas and he's he's a cinematographer right like he does movies good but but he but as far as alien, like writing something i don't think he's i mean like aliens great right yeah aliens one of the best might be the best horror movie ever it, up there it, like it jump-started the current horror yeah. the current horror movie genre before that, they were all kind of campy, but this that one just no the Exorcist. I'll give that to the Exorcist and the Omen and stuff like that. But it's in the same like the seventies is the golden era of horror, of like horror, right? Right, it's in general. So and he's a big part of that. So I got to give Ridley Scott his credit. But yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, all right. Yeah, me either. To tell you the truth, I don't. Uh, you know, unless there's something really compelling about it, I don't think I'm going to watch it either. But you know what else? But you know what's really compelling? What? The new trailer for No Way Home. I saw this at the theater yesterday. Yes, so did I. Look good on the big screen. It does oh. look really good on the big screen. Can, can, okay, I can't remember where I saw this. There's like there's a hundred thousand different. Well, there are so many videos, videos oh, over yeah. analyzing this but, trailer. But, but it's it's not just the overanalyzing. There is one that was showing actual footage. I guess from. I mean, the, are you going to talk trailer, about? 
in the trailer cuts off, but in one of the in one of the, the Brazil, the Brazilian trailer with the lizard. Yeah, where the lizard just suddenly moves to the right, like he got he's hit getting the, hit by something that's been that's blocked not, out of the. Scene. That's obviously been cut out of the the frame. Heard, yes, heard yeah. the Brazilian cuts pretty close to the skin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got me with that one. I'll give you that. Damn it. But but yes, like if, <laughs> if, in the Brazilian, for some reason, the shot with. Sandman, Lizard, and Electro, and and Lizard's lo- j- jumping towards him, and Electro shooting his electricity, and Sandman swinging his fist. the The Brazilian one is a little bit longer, and Lizard all of a sudden like turns yep. his head like he like he's been kicked in the head, but there's nothing there. Like something was digitally removed. And or, there are other or, scenes or where it looks like wasn't they're added. Wasn't added yet, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, and 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 we saw that with the Hulk in the Endgame, right? Yeah. We did. Where they were walk, they were doing the the, the walk. So uh, and and there was this big space between, and you know, I mean, it, it's in the actual scene. It's funny because shout out to Joey from So Wizard. One of his biggest complaints about Sony marketing is that they normally give away a lot of stuff in the trailers. But it seems Not like here. seems like Marvel's saying like, nope, nope, nope. We're gonna play some of our tricks and and hide stuff. Because we so. didn't learn anything new about like, but, like people were like super excited for this trailer, and the trailer was fine, but nothing was revealed. The only thing, it, the only thing it does is it actually like now you see the Green Goblin and Electro, like yeah, didn't which really we did kind of before, mm. but yeah, right. it's not no, the it's, same Electro yeah. too. It's like I almost well, it's Jamie costume. Fox, it's Jamie Fox, but, yeah, but but Electro. but it's a a costume. Accurate, yeah, it's a you know? better. It's a, well, they're, so they're the ghosts of people. I'm very interested to see what what this is and how this is working. You know, I oh, guess. I've seen about a thousand theories on the plot based I'm on the trailer. It. I'm over it. The WandaVision has broken me from ever watching some dork with a YouTube channel explain something to me ever again. I'm right. Done. I'd rather listen to a dork with a podcast try to That's explain right. it. We don't try to, but we, you know, I think we, we spent a lot of time guessing where WandaVision was going and we were wrong on every step of the way. Oh, so yeah. it's like, you know, so it was everybody else. Really, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, what's the point of doing this? You know, let's just find out. But it looks cool. Yeah. No, it looks it looks really good. I mean, it's that's the thing. I mean, and it's nice. So we have five villains confirmed at this point. Five of six, and Venom, I assume, is going to be a two because of the end of the uh, Venom movie. But how would they, how do they make him a actual villain? Mm. That's that's what I keep saying. That's because my son keeps saying, "Well, the six is probably Venom." I'm like. But they tried so hard to make him like a hero in the Venom movies. Now See, all of a sudden it, he's a villain. There's still that one theory, and I know you don't like theories, but there's still that one theory that it wasn't Eddie Brock. It wasn't that Eddie Brock from the Sony universe that was transported in to the MCU. It's that what Brock was being shown by the symbiote is if the the Venom symbiote from that universe because the the symbiote collective is a oh okay so it's the symbiote thing. from the so it's not okay so the symbiote is actually the symbiote from the from the MCU universe. or MCU for, or maybe from a different universe that that's yeah, not confusing we'll see what happens with us but right. again if you're gonna do that why not bring Topher Grace back then to be the Venom? Do you, but because you'd rather have Tom Hardy, like Sony's yeah. invested money into Tom Hardy as Venom. Yeah, he's been far more successful than Topher Grace was as Venom. So maybe you see, maybe, maybe. you see Tom Hardy from an, from another another universe. Why not hire David Hasselhoff to play Nick Fury? Oh my God! I can't wait for that. I, <laughs> I I I want I wanted to be a Hasselhoff 
a cameo with him as Nick Fury. We got him in Guardians. Yeah, but I'm telling you, I would pay for that. <laughs> so yeah, this looks good. Yeah, it does. I think we're all still our, our excitement level is still up here. A couple weeks, guys. A couple, couple weeks. weeks. Yeah. Whew. Christmas is going to be fun. You well, got Hawkeye too, right? That's we got Hawkeye. Be. We got Book of Boba Fett, and we've got uh, Spider Man. Well, our shows are packed for the next couple weeks. I think so. And Superman Four. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you. you what, <laughs> What we could use that as a palate cleanser between Hawkeye and, yes. <laughs> and Spider-Man three. Yes. We need to rem- sometimes we need to remind ourselves how far we've come. Because <laughs> uh, if everything's good, nothing's good. Correct. <laughs> so you, need, you need something to give you a, a, a signpost. <laughs> this in two in a week. A watermark. Thir- in Thursday, the day after you're hearing this, my dad will talk about how we need to eat rutabaga because rutabaga is bitter and it reminds us of the bitterness of life. And I'll roll my eyes as I do every year, but he's got a point. <laughs> yes he does but <laughs> speaking of the bitterness of life i would say marvel and scarlett johansson has put their bitterness behind them have they well according to kevin feige mr marvel scarlett johansson is working on a secret marvel project unrelated to black widow but like oh it's she's kinda- finally gonna play groot she's gonna be that tree now stop <laughs> you guys give her so much, you guys give her so much grief for that but come on man why wouldn't i give her grief for saying i want to i could there play are a so tree. many other people who have said so many worse or stupid stupid much more stupid things you know like i don't know why john, there's a tree john, in the marvel universe that's why john, it's funny john she doesn't listen to the show she's not going to go out with you that's <laughs> not no, I just you know I I draw there's there's we a have line a between being mean to somebody for for just you know we're not being we mean we're just not being mean we're just she said it she said uh, she could play a tree and there's a tree that she could actually play exactly thank you we have a Groot maybe they'll give us a female version of Groot Grootess Grootess yes I am Grootess that I would be Groot. just weird it would be weird but so is Groot yes so is Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, and the thing is, too, I'm confused if she's acting in something or if she's producing something for them. I don't know. Produce, I mean, like, this whole thing reads reeks of settlement to me. That would be true. You think? Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, she had a lot of leverage. She did. All the unions she were on her side. She had a lot of leverage. So, I mean, like, they don't have to go anywhere with it, and they could stick her on as a producer of anything. You know, being a that's the thing about producer. Producer is such a general term. It could literally mean the person making all the calls and doing the groundwork, getting it done, or it could be just be someone whose name is attached for X number of reasons. You know, well they've they've given out producer credits just to make somebody happy. Like right. they had nothing actual to do with right. the movie. Just the word producer is so ubiquitous in film. So I mean, like, sure, she's a producer. Great. You know, it it doesn't really mean anything, and it does. It reads like yeah. It reads like settlement to me, unless she comes out and is like, this is my baby. I'm doing this, this, and this. Uh, I'm I'm very skeptical. I'm just, you know, Hollywood, Hollywood jades me. Jades? Jades? jades. <laughs> yeah. I've been jaded by years of Hollywood. Yes. You've been jaded. Yes. I don't know. I, I don't know. Jaded. We'll see. <laughs> but then also, it's a top secret project, so that could mean a million different things as well. That's why it, the whole thing reeks of bullshit. It really does. You know? They got a bazillion things in development at Marvel, you know, let's just. And right. And the thing is like people see our secret Marvel project and they also meant, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's Kevin Feige. He likes to say things that are code secret invasion. 
Oh, come on. Could she be involved with Secret Invasion somehow? You know, that actually, honestly, Dave, that would make the most sense because honestly, it does because she's Black Widow's dead. We've thought about that. Like, we don't have our Spider Woman type, Mockingbird type character in this universe that would, she could absolutely play the Queen, Queen Bernanke, I believe is the name of the character. Mm-hmm. If, we go with the, if we go with the straight adaptation, yeah, shit, fuck. Okay, do it. Well, okay don't forget what if, too. Like, there's another, there's another. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, I, I banned what if, so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, yeah, there's they basically they set up that there are multiple versions of all the characters, oh, Black yeah. Widow being including. Yeah, and they, they move they move Black Widow from one universe that was dead to the, the one Yeah, that was completely destroyed by Vision to I'm sorry, not Vision, Ultron to a uh, universe. Ultra Vision. Yeah. Ultra <laughs> Oh no, it was Ultra Vision. Love it. Right. Because, <laughs> because it was Ultron in Vision's body, Ultra Vision. That's what Vision. they called him. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. So, so they no, yeah, they, it could be, they, it they, could be a million things. If if I'm yeah. her, if I'm them, I really hope it's secret invasion because I think that'd be cool. Hmm. Yeah, she could play a scroll. She should play a scroll. She should play the queen scroll. Yeah, they should lift the storyline right from uh, yeah. the Bendis book, and instead of Spider Woman, because we don't have a Spider Woman, do it with Black Widow. You even have the spider thing going, you know. Yeah, that could be cool. It would be that cool. Could work. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <sighs> Oh, see, haha, Feige, I, I know your your code. I figured you out. But speaking of things that seem odd, possible bullshit, but this isn't bullshit. It's I'm just sitting confusing. right here. Oh. <laughs> I was just confused by this. Okay. And that's why I brought it up. And if you own Marvel, I'd love to. And you owned Lucasfilm, you own Star Wars, wouldn't you say, okay, forever Marvel, you will publish Star Wars comics? Marvel doesn't, but here's the thing is Marvel doesn't have an all ages department. Just, not anymore. Not anymore. Do they? they got rid of the, uh, pretty sure they did Marvel tales or whatever it was called or, um, pretty sure, pretty sure they did Marvel presents. I can't remember what it was called. It was like, that was the all ages. Books. Like, I don't think they do middle grade books anymore at Marvel. I think that Disney kind of Disney has kind of kept them doing what they do with the superhero stuff. And they really, since the purchase have really not ventured outside of it like they've licensed a lot of that stuff to id up like this isn't like marvel was publishing we're talking about the star wars dark horse getting the, the yes uh, yes i was about to say we yeah we didn't we didn't say what we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about dark horse dark horse movie. dark horse is going to publish star wars comics again not okay. not bookie that's misnomer they're not publishing mainline star wars books they're publishing middle grade star wars books they're publishing star wars books for kids and yeah, it yeah. Wasn't, marvel wasn't publishing those before idw was so the license is just going from IDW to Dark Horse. It's not. It's oh, that's because Marvel doesn't okay. do that. It's not Marvel. Like Marvel doesn't have a star line anymore. So you guys remember stars when they used to have like Alf and Ewoks and uh, yes, yes, know, yes, comics like that, My Little Pony and whatnot. So I mean, but there's no reason they couldn't do it. There is none, but Disney just doesn't. Disney's like when Disney buys you, they're like, they're like this is what you do. Stick to what you do, and we'll just let these people do this. So they've been laying a lot of like a lot of those properties that disney was like i don't think marvel publishes disney comic books no right? who does because i want to say idw okay because they had disney published their own books at one point at one point but now that disney yeah. owns a publisher and they just license like this is what disney does is like if they don't want something but just license it out and make the money on the side and let somebody else do all the busy work okay i just wondered if this had something to do with something we talked about before the rumors in the industry of like the companies that own Marvel and DC don't want to do comics anymore 
They just want to license characters out. And... But if they did want to do, if they didn't want to do comics, they wouldn't be publishing. They wouldn't be actively getting a licensor to publish them because that's free money for them, right? But I was wondering if this was testing the waters of a model to see, like, let's license stuff out to other publishers and eventually we'll just license Spider-Man out to Dark Horse. Could they do that? Yes, but why would you when you can just have all those, when you have all that? Like, you paid $4 billion for it and what Marvel, what Marvel operates But they've already made that back with... Made in the space, movies in space but what, what marvel runs on yearly like what the publishing and business runs on mm-hmm. is nothing compared to what they get from all the licensing deals <laughs> right with like but it's not it's again it's an ip farm for them right. right like marvel just publishes marvel just publishes books to you know keep things going right to keep it going like they're not, i don't see i see i could see warner making that decision before i see disney making this yeah because mm-hmm. usually they just marvel's like rome I'm sorry, DC, uh, Disney's like Rome. Hmm. Rome would conquer things and they would let people just kind of live their lives. Like they didn't make you worship their gods. They just said, you just pay us the tax and do whatever. That's how they right. lasted so long. That is how they lasted so long. They didn't, they never tried to change the culture. Like a lot of as soon as, soon as you started to micromanage things, you're DC. <laughs> exactly. They just smart. Disney runs a lot in the same way. They buy things like, look, you do you and just focus on doing you. And Marvel, because Marvel, you look back at all those middle grade books and stuff that Marvel published back in the day, they weren't successful. Marvel's Marvel's money is made in superheroes, so that's what mm-hmm. Disney wants them to do. You guys and just it, do superheroes, and and, it, and it's kind of brilliant because why'd you buy them? You bought them because they were doing well. Why would you change that dynamic when you yeah, bought exactly. them? You want them to continue right. to do well, and you get the profit now. But mm, mm, so I can see your argument there. I mean, I'm sure it'll be fine. You know, middle grade, middle grade. So this is what's interesting: is that comics are in this weird place where, like, if you go to Barnes and Noble and you look at like. I was listening to Brian Bendis talk about this. The graphic novel department, it's yeah. really ruled by like the Dav Pilkingtons and stuff like that. Like the more the comics that are making all the money right now are the middle books, right? Hmm. That's what's yeah. ruling. And it's a it is a an industry that 10 years ago wasn't nearly as dominant in the market as far as market share. Like now you've got like this, he was talking about it's really divided up into thirds. You've got the the superhero chunk, which is dominated by Marvel DC. Now you've got the creator-owned chunk, and now you've got this middle grade chunk. So you're really doing a great, and that's we that's not even including manga. Like, so you're really they're really doing now, they're doing a better job of servicing all readers, right? And Marvel sucks at, at getting kids. Like we've been talking about this for years, how Marvel is bad at getting kids to read comics. The yeah. Dav Pilkington isn't right. There's yeah. all these middle grade writers that are getting kids to read. It's not like floppy comics, but it's these graphic novels, and kids are loving them, and they're become they're getting to love the medium. And at some point, maybe they fall into into liking superheroes. Maybe not. But I mean, like that. It's not what Marvel's good at anymore. So they're letting other people take care of it, and then the discoverability goes up when you get older because those books aren't aimed at kids. They haven't been aimed at kids for a long time. No, no, they haven't. Probably not in our lifetimes, to be honest with you. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe. All right. Shooter would talk about how, you know, we got to get the kids reading these books. And then they're doing like the death of, you know, Gene DeWolf and stuff like that. Like no seven-year-old is going to go, oh, awesome. I have to get. You you know, what's doing really good right now. What's that? Is manga and light novels. Yeah. A hundred percent. Manga's doing, manga's been doing well for quite some time. Like Attack on Titan. That's huge. Yeah, but but like inroads into the American market, mm-hmm. and like and that eats away at Marvel and DC. It's Mar- It it doesn't. It doesn't. 
because a lot of the people that read those manga are not your typical superhero. Like, and that's what people have to understand about the publishing market is like, there's different readers and there isn't necessarily a lot of cross pollination just because a guy buys a book on attack on Titan book doesn't necessarily mean that person would have bought Batman. True. Right. But that, but that is, there is a Venn diagram overlap of those two. Those there two, is a Venn, uh, yeah, yeah. But like any Venn diagram overlap, it's a small. Over, mm, you know? I think They're it's a lot readers. bigger than you, you'd think. Uh, I, I don't because, know. I know because people because you're talking about geeks that are open to animation and to comics. But I know and, people yeah. that I know people that'll like go read Saga, but won't touch Batman or Spider Man right. or Superman. They're different. Oh well, yeah, different I'm not readers. saying it's it's complete, but there right. is a lot a lot of overlap. But they're getting because they're getting, but you're getting something. But it's not necessarily exclusive either. There are people that will read both, but it's like, what are you getting out of Batman? Like, and what do you get out of Attack on Titan? True. They're completely, they're a completely different reading experience, and you read them for completely right. different reasons. And like, I know that these executives try to boil things down. Where if you like this, then you'll like this. And yeah. it's like it services people differently. And you know, and this is why you know Barnes and Noble, for as dying as that industry is, like it's big. It has been the lifeblood of of trade comics for quite some time now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what they we'll see what they come out with. It'll be interesting. Uh, I don't think they've announced any creative teams yet. I'm very curious to see what they do because, you know, by the time they start publishing stuff, I imagine my kid will be like of the age to be, he's not there yet, but I mean, like in a couple of years, he'll be ready to start reading middle. Right. And that's, that was one of the things too, right? They haven't said who any of the creatives are yet. They just announced that they're going to be making, they just procured the license. Right. Hmm. So, all right. Well, that's all the news for this week. So we'll take our second commercial break and we'll be right back with our main topic. Messages. We'll be right back. You should put the do 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 come out of break. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, we're back, and we all had the chance to see a little movie that came out this weekend. That was uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> someone's a little excited ghostbusters i'm kind of excited i i excited too all right <laughs> so before we get into it, a little bit of some some quick uh hit facts about the movie we got uh, box office it made uh 44 million domestically 16 million internationally so six, 60 million worldwide i don't believe it's opened in china yet Rotten Tomatoes, you can always tell it's a good movie when you get this. The critic score is 62%, but the audience score is 96%. Now, can I make a comparison here? The So Ghostbusters 2016. Uh-huh. All right. The tomato mo- thermometer or whatever, right? The, 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 the critic the score, critic was, score. was 74 uh-huh. to the 62 now. But the audience score for 2016 was 49. Uh huh. And it's 95 now. I'll, ex- I'll explain to you why this is in a minute, but continue, John. Oh, no. I'm, go ahead. That, that's the lead in for because uh, I got my own theories, but I'd like to hear what you say. Because I don't think anyone, I think, I, think I, I went off on this uh, a couple months ago when this trailer first hit. I think Jason Reitman has a unique understanding of why this franchise works even more so than its creators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we will definitely be getting into that in a second. And then finally, we did a poll on Twitter asking our audience what they thought. Of course, they had three options. It was awesome. It was just okay. It was terrible. 
it was awesome. Got 50 is the winner at 57%. It was just okay at 33.3%. I always love numbers like that. And then it was terrible. Got actually got a couple of votes at nine point five percent. No joy in their lives. They, no, they don't. Just, their childhood is they they have no inner child. Uh, Amazonian said, "My problem, and we're going to get into this too. We're definitely going to get into this comment. My problem is the lack of creative and different ghosts, too similar to the original in many ways." Okay, um, I have like thoughts on that, too. that way. Almost like can, they did that on purpose. Can, can uh-huh. I? Can I talk about that though? For well, let me let me let's let's just get two more tweets here. Okay. The ODPH podcast said they loved it, and the Man Cave Chronicles podcast with Ellis Elias yes. uh, said they loved it as well. So, okay, so there was a lot of criticism about that thing where it's like you know they did the same story over again, whatever, and a lot of people were comparing it to the was it the uh, Star Wars movie the the um force awakens force awakens right so now before i even watched any other reviews which i really shouldn't do but before i even saw i was already making that comparison but there is a difference the force awakens is essentially a rehash of a new hope with new characters this is an actual continuation of the original story because they hadn't defeated gozer they They didn't send him back they just sent them back. Exactly. Right. That was that was like, oh my God, that was brilliant. All right. So before we get into spoilers, which I think we just kind of spoiled it a little bit, what was everyone's initial thoughts of the movie? And John, since you're the most hyped at the moment, what were your initial thoughts? Spoiler free. I cried at the end. Me too. I think we I, all did. I had to. There were other people that I'm pretty sure, you know, did that. <laughs> Thing when you know, it, uh-huh. it, it, you yeah, know yeah, well, well. and and there were there were a couple of times when everybody cheered. So and it, and I was at a really early matinee too, like an eleven ten showing, and it was there 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 weren't a whole lot of people in there. But then again, and we were discussing this before we started taping. I think the reason why theaters aren't crowded is because it's showing at four of the screens out of twelve at mm-hmm. where I am at. And more theaters are open in my area now as more people get vaccinated and everything's safer. So, you know, like, and and not a lot of people are still convinced to come back. So, but we're getting there. And and the the, the box office is showing that more and more people are going back to the, the theaters. But this thing, man, this just grabbed my, like, I've had some really devastating things hit my childhood lately. Like some of the Dragon Ball Z voice actors have passed away and, I just, you know, like this, this is just, man, it makes me feel good <laughs> to watch this. Okay. How about you, JD? I like this movie more than I thought I was going to. I really was looking forward to it. Like it hit me, it hit me in all the nostalgia spots. And I agree with John. I think it does grow the mythology while staying familiar with the mythology. And I'll go into why this was the approach to take later. And a lot of the critics that don't like the movie don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like they don't get it. And it's, and I'll, I'll explain why, because film school poisons your brain. And uh, hmm. yeah, I, I thought this was, this was great. I think it's going to launch some careers. I think, oh gosh, I forget her name. The girl who plays Phoebe. I think she's going to be a star for quite some time. Oh, uh, you're talking McKenna Grace. Yes, McKenna Grace. Holy crap. Talented. Insanely talented. All right. How old uh, is she? Because she's going to be 15. like, 
Oh, you got to watch. You got to watch her, man. Yeah. Christ. She so, carried the whole thing. Yes, she did. So here's what I put on social media after I watched the movie. I have watched, I have seen a lot of things that have come out in my um, life where they're like, this is a love letter to the fans. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I actually believe that was true. Usually it's a love letter soaked in vomit, but this, <laughs> this was, this was creating something new while at the same time respecting where it came from. And created by I, somebody and, and directed by somebody who but, cared as he's much the, as we He's the only one that could have done this. It, yeah. it, that's so true. He he's, he's the only one that could have given us this movie. And because, because a lot of them make these movies because a lot of movies like this are being made because, Oh, you know, I watched this when I was a kid. I bet we could make money now if we if we did one for for people like me. But this wasn't made for that. It was made because they loved the material and they wanted to tell another story. It wasn't made just for making money. It wasn't made just because they thought, hey, you know, this has got a guaranteed office that'll fill seats. Yeah. So, all right. Well, it sounds like we're all saying go see the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want spoilers. Go pause the podcast, go see it, come back and listen to the rest of the review if you already saw it or you don't care about spoilers. Here we go. So here's another interesting thing, because let's talk about the critics a little bit uh, off the top of the bat. Of course, the Geek World All-Stars, where we have a group chat on Twitter that that I'm in. And after I got out of the movie, one of the, I, met, I tweeted, uh, not tweeted, I messaged them like, oh, I just saw it. And they're like, oh, what do you think? And I'm like... Well, I haven't seen Spider-Man yet, but this is definitely right now. This is my number one movie for 2021 and and two people who will currently remain nameless because I don't want to spoil their possible reviews for it, who have both been on the Well, have they both been on this podcast? Yeah, they've both been on this podcast was like, well, it's in the top 10 because there was there hasn't even really been 10 movies out this year. <laughs> And I was just like, what? And it was like, yeah, it was okay. I was like, did you guys watch a different movie? I, I, and I'm just, I don't get it. Like, now the one is a younger person who I don't think grew up with the original Ghostbusters. So I don't think they get it. The other is someone who usually has a pretty decent opinion uh, related to this stuff is our age. And I was just shocked. Like, okay. So. See, here's the thing. The Ghostbusters movie itself, the, the original Okay, it is like a study in how to pace a story, right? Like it's one of the best paced stories out there, but it has technical problems. The, pro the thing is though, that it was so new. It's, you know, the first movie with the Ghostbusters, it, it, was, it was a massive success. Yeah, you know, I, nobody really talk. You you don't you don't bother talking about any technical difficulties because it's you know you're entranced. It's a great movie. You're enjoying it. Nowadays, we tend to get too much towards talking about technical problems with a movie. This one has some technical problems, but that isn't the point. The point is that it's so enjoyable and it's such, it's such a great movie that you can skip over the technical problems with it because you barely don't notice anything during the movie when you're watching it. And you can just, you know, you can just say, hey, it was a good movie. I think too many people are in the mindset now, especially when you're a reviewer or I guess a film student that like JD said, that, you know, you, you, you get too locked into, you know, this is a problem and that's a problem. Even, even Jeremy from CinemaSins, right? Even he doesn't like, you know, nitpick on stuff because he hates it and because he's really nitpicking. 
that whole the whole skit he does is kind of a joke it's just he's he's enjoying the movies and he's just yeah you know joking about it yeah i like that i think i think there are too many people that are just too focused on you know we well are reviewing this movie so this is wrong and that's wrong and that that becomes bigger in their mind but if you weren't a reviewer and you're just sitting down in the seat and watching it. I, I don't think you'd have much well, bad to say. About yeah. It. I mean, one of the reviews, one of the things I saw repeated in reviews is like, it's relying too much on nostalgia. And I don't know if I agree with that. Like, yeah, the the whole beginning of like, this I mean, movie, the, the, this, this movie should have been an extra half hour long, but the whole beginning of the movie is all new character. I, I was going to say the original characters don't show up until the very end of the movie. Like it's not, well, other than one who was in it through the entire movie, which was brilliant. Oh, we're in spoilers. Like having Egon as a ghost, as one of the main characters of this movie was just like, that That was such a brilliant idea. Like, And Annie I, Potts was in it earlier too, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see. Yeah. See, that's the problem. I just, I think too many people are caught up with little technical details about this, about this thing or, or they're just comparing it too much to the force awakens or, you know, that, or because too many studios are doing that sort of thing where they're remaking the same movie or they're relying too much. Like, yeah, there was nostalgia in here, but it was, it was made to augment a new story, not the other way around. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't. It, go for it, JD. I see yeah, it. Go ahead. I see it on your face. Nobody knows what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, this is true. And it's because of sites that call themselves things like cinema sins. Well, like right? I said, no, that's, no, 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 that's, a, that's my the joke. Turn. I, I listen. My turn. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Like pieces of shit like that have ruined filmmaking for a generation of people because they all they do is they nitpick or how it should have ended. Fuck you, dude. This is how it should have ended. This is the fucking movie, you motherfucking piece of shit. And I hate <laughs> these, I hate these things because people don't create, right? No people, it's easy. Creating is work. And every movie, every story is flawed right? There is no perfect story. It's no such thing. It's artistic interpretation. It's creativity. Mm. There is no such thing as a perfect story. Every movie has a flaw, right? Mm -hmm. But because we embrace this, this, the, the algorithms and the metrics, everything has to be quantified, right? So you have a generation of critic of wannabe critics who've never done anything. Yeah. They've never yeah. taken the chance to fail on their own. Every, everything's got to be three. Was everything's three got to the, the three whatever the three x structure and right. you have to fit the four quadrants you have to hit it you have to hit it perfectly mm -hmm. or it doesn't work and they're wrong they've lost the plot they've lost the plot what matters yeah. is character what matters is connection exactly that's, yeah. that's what matters yeah and these but these geeks who have their youtube channels monetized and masturbate into their cameras so they can hear everyone tell them why they're so great and why they're so fucking brilliant and they've never done anything with their own lives but make some stupid fucking videos these people infuriate me. Roger See, Ebert made a bad movie. Roger Ebert wrote Beyond the Valley of the Dolls 2, and it sucked. <laughs> and he's the first one to tell you it sucked. Roger Ebert's the greatest critic of all time, and he judged movies based on what are they trying to do. You can't judge a movie that's trying to win an Oscar versus a kid's movie. What is it trying to do? Does it accomplish its goals? Right. So instead, what is go? Okay. We like these geeks that say, oh, it relies too much on nostalgia. That's the point. <laughs> That's the entire but, point of the fucking movie. Wow. Like, but this is like, no, this is infuriating me because this is a movie that should, that was fun. It's fun. We can't yes. have fun at the movies anymore. Right. Yeah, I know. That's we it, can't right? do it. We are made yeah. to feel guilty if you have fun at the movies. No, we're not supposed to have fun. Here's the problem. This is why Ghostbusters is the best example of this because they tried. Right. 
they tried to do an original version of Ghost. They tried to breathe new life and create new characters and take a property and do something new with it. And you know what happened? People shit on it. Well, this is, the this script was terrible too. It was I mean, bad. It, did, it didn't because help. because they didn't get Ghostbusters. Well, yeah, right, right. They didn't get it. They it wasn't just it. people. It wasn't no. just people nitpicking it. It was the fact no. that the people that made it, the reason they didn't made it, it, that was the didn't one that leaned on I'm gonna, nostalgia like a crutch. I'm gonna tell you something. You know who else doesn't get Ghostbusters? Dan Aykroyd didn't get it. Yeah, that's he had true. no idea. He, that's why he was unable to make that third one, and it's why the second one really doesn't work. They don't get it because Ghostbusters is an accident. The first Ghostbusters, it wasn't supposed to appeal to the people that appeal. Ghostbusters was supposed to be kind of a zany comedy movie, and who came out loving that movie? It's kids, yeah, yeah. kids are like your generation older than mine. Like you guys liked it. You guys were older. My generation never knew a world without this movie right and we were self we were served with the animated series and the toy line it was perfect like this was a this was a franchise that was unintentionally created right to be mm-hmm. this franchise but it fit right because it had relatable lovable characters that were flawed peter venkman's a turd yep. but Bill Murray plays him in such a likable way that you kind of like him and he's kind of a lech, but there's something semi-charming about the character, the self-deprecating nature of it that makes him work. And Egon is like a, a, uh, was it a personality black so hole? Absolutely. But, but no, again, here's the thing, but here's the thing is like, so when they created all these, when they've tried to create these next Ghostbusters movies, they never got why it worked. It worked because the kids liked it. It wasn't because it was like it was supposed to be made with, with Jim Candy. I'm sorry. It was supposed to be with Jim with, with John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. That movie never got made, right? What got made was a movie that appealed to kids and that kids really liked, but it wasn't a kid's movie. Because oftentimes when you make kids' movies, you strip away every all the hard edges. And it's the hard edges that kids like. Because mm-hmm. kids like to play, they like to get roughed up a little bit. And this is why right. Joe Joe Straczynski, when he was writing the real Ghostbusters, he got it. He got it completely. And, and that's and it wasn't it, it wasn't until it so, wasn't until the um ABC got involved and and started messing with them it was that because that's fell a, apart. you know because that's yeah that's true because like saturday morning tv especially that era is really tough right it's a really fine wired walk and like they don't really they aren't looking to make art they're looking to sell toys and to keep right. things like in in line with the reagan administration and what they wanted it to be so yeah. this movie what it does is jason reitman who was a child on the set of that movie who loved that movie of knew what it was it. about yep. he got so, it yeah. So, right. And it's funny because you hit the nail on the head when you talked about character, because I think one of one of the things that makes the first movie work and appeals to a lot of kids is it was a group of misfits. Yes. Who was mm-hmm. doing something that no one believed what they were doing. They're all like, oh, you're fake. You're lying. Grown up goonies. I was right. just going to say that, John. And then, spot on. And then they end up saving the world by the yep. end of the movie because yep. and 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 they're heroes by the end but th- through the whole thing everyone thinks they're kooks i mean and then they bring winston in as the everyman to like explain they can explain well, the everything appeal, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> great line it's a great line dana dana's like the everyman because she's kind of the audience view of it and like dana yeah. really, dana really provides us our window into the ghostbusters yeah it's a really uniquely done story what i like about this movie and the fact that it's jason reitman he is not i don't think his influences as a filmmaker are his father because like you watch this movie it's a people say it's it leans in nostalgia it doesn't it builds 
builds on the nostalgia. He, right. you know what? You want to know the difference? He builds okay, so on there, it. You there is a on. movie. There is a movie that came out on the exact same day as the original Ghostbusters that this movie borrows from visually and borrows from thematically. It's not Ghostbusters. It's Gremlins. Yeah. This is like a Joe Dante film. It feels way more like a Joe Dante film than it feels so, like an Ivan Reitman movie. Like but, on the same day, isn't that cool? But I was going to say is I think what makes this movie work is the same idea is that you've got characters that are outsiders that are struggling and it's about yep. their connection and their connection to their grandfather that they never knew. And it's like, that's, and it's about the family. Like yep. it works because of that. That's what it's about. It's not about gusting, busting ghosts. That's just what they're doing. And in the first Ghostbusters, it, it, they create a family dynamic, but it's really not that. Like it's really right. more of like a it's, it's like a functional family. It but. is, and it's an ensemble. It's meant to be an ensemble comedy, right? Right. But they they all fill into these weird like these this makeshift family role, where mm. this like straight up embraces the idea of a family story again, like yeah. Gremlins. Yep. Right. Like this movie, it it's I, that's why i say i don't buy that because the first movie the, the first remake the 2016 ghostbusters they tried to take the template of the original ghostbusters mm -hmm. and tweak some things and it didn't work this movie takes the legacy of what ghostbusters is and does tell a new story in a new location with familiar concepts right they didn't borrow the vigo stuff because that's I not think... as familiar that's not as right. successful, I should say. Like this actually expanded upon the mythos, which is what you want to do in these I, movies. Because people go to these movies and they want that. They want that connection to the old material. They want to see the story continue. Yeah. This is why book right. series. And I think I think mm -hmm. the changes that they made in comparison, like not borrowing the template and the changes that they made for this movie make it work even more too. Like we're not we're not using New York as a backdrop. We're not making that another character. It like, was a smaller film. It was a smaller, right. a smaller, more it personal. Smaller. It was a more personal uh, story then. And I think that makes it work too. It's the effect of the trauma. Like with this, this thing that gets ignored is this movie real deals with the trauma of the tragedy of the original Ghostbusters, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the ghost, the, the, oh yeah, the New York the the Manhattan how they call it? I forget they said the Manhattan hauntings or whatever like that mm -hmm. like the trauma of that destroyed Spangler's family and they're still dealing with it almost forty years later and even 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 like you know the other Ghostbusters didn't yeah. believe him when he tried to tell them that right. this was going to happen. And they're still like Ray get like they got to kind of tap on the the stuff that that they were flirting with in the second Ghostbusters Ray's occult books and Peter going off and kind of doing his own his own thing excuse me and like they have time to really lean into that and which I really appreciate it. And like, I think you get to tell a more worn in story, like a more like, like a, a story that's more established. And you don't get that in like, unless you embrace the material, like people were looking for, and this is why the cinema, this is why the, the critic score for the, the movie that nobody liked was higher because they tried to take, they tried to do a spin on the old material and it doesn't work because character is more important than checking boxes. There's a lot mm -hmm. like, I'm going to give you a movie, Indiana Jones bucks all the, all of the, of the beats of how a hero should act in his story. Indiana Jones is a, is a, is a passenger on a train. The movie yep. happens whether he wants to or not, but we're yep. drawn to the character. We're drawn to the film because we love the character of Indiana Jones. And that's the same thing with this movie. Paul Rudd is the perfect everyman. Oh, Christ. To carry yeah. to, we needed an adult. 
right? To help move this story along. You needed mm -hmm. like an adult character and he's lovable. Like that's thing with Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is like the most lovable guy in Hollywood, right? And so he's- Well, he's the sexiest man in the world right now. <laughs> like, but he's the perfect guy for that, right? He's the perfect guy to be dad, but not really dad, right? They needed that type of a character. Mm -hmm. And like Finn Wolfhard's got that, you know, he's got that Stranger Things credibility that tells you supernatural thriller film. He was in that, he was in It, like he's got yeah. that. He's perfect. And so Logan Kim has a podcast. That he's great. That kid is great. And then you have, he's Ray though. Yeah. Like they, he they is are Ray. The, they're the Ghostbusters. He's they are. Ray. Phoebe, yeah. like, the like heart. He, yeah. Finn is essentially Peter Venkman. And then uh -huh. she's Egon, but he, she plays a much, like Phoebe is a much more of a dynamic, of the dynamic character where, like you said, the original Egon's kind of a personality vacuum, but that character helps move the story where, right. and Paul Rudd is essentially Dana in this one. Yep. You know, so you and who's Celeste O'Connor? Uh, Celeste O'Connor, she's basically Winston because she comes in, but not not just because of it, but because yeah. like she comes in and she joins the group later in the story and plays a role. Because as we learned in this movie, you needed to cross the streams with four, three wasn't enough. They yeah. need, and I love how they verified Winston. Really, this movie does so much to build up Winston's character that really gets ignored in the originals. Like, I love that Winston's a billionaire, right? And that without Winston, we learn like because they try, they have the three proton packs and they cross the streams and Gozer fights it off. It's not till they get the fourth. So that tells you they needed Winston the first yep. time. They needed the fourth member. You know, I missed that, but that's brilliant. Thank you. You're absolutely right. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so well, she fills that role too. She comes in and like, so she's that fourth person. She's that, she completes the dynamic that makes this thing work. And using the mom and Paul Rudd as the key master and the gatekeeper didn't see it coming, thought it was genius. So I'm done. I love Sorry. that you said that. I love that you said that because that, that works too. Like one of the things I was going to say is the previews, like, and that's another thing people complain about previews showing too much, but there is so much you didn't know going into this movie yeah. that surprises you. Like obviously Egon being in the beginning of the movie, you don't see his face, but like, obviously, that's Egon in the beginning. We all know that watching this, you know. And then, unfortunately, he dies. Because, really? <laughs> very, very spoilers. Sorry, spoilers. Because, you know, Harold Ramis is no longer with us. And they did right by him, by the way. They really did. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I'll, I'll get that in a minute. But then, like, but then the family comes to the farm and they still have him as a character in the movie communicating with his granddaughter as a ghost, it's like, I had no idea that was going to be in the movie. And it was like, I knew when you saw the chess piece, I'm like, okay, this is where they're going with this. This is going to be Egon. He's going to show her what's going on because she's the one that connects with him the most so, intellectually. So I connected with that right away when he dies, right? When Egon dies and the PKE meter turns on. Yes. That's when I was like, oh, his ghost is going to be here. That's yes. what's told. But yes, it's a, and I thought about this too. This is the first Ghostbusters movie to deal with a haunting. Yes. Like where the ghost actually acts like what we would think of a ghost to be. Yes. It was brilliant. It was, it was such a brilliant way to tie it all together, to have, you know, Harold Ramis in the movie and, and make it all work. He looked great too. The digital effect of Harold. Yeah, Ramis. yeah. Like I was going to say that's the scene. The scene that made us all cry at the end of the movie, as you said, that take took the fourth stream is him. He shows up. His ghost is helping Phoebe hold the the proton pack, and it was the most realistic 
digital Wait. image I've ever seen. And the thing is, you 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 kind of it's almost a cheat because because he looks like oh, a ghost. A you can avoid cheat. the unca- you can avoid the unca- uncanny valley thing. Well, also the fact that I, like but and it would have been they didn't yeah. get an imitator to do his voice either. No, he and doesn't talk, which is a he great doesn't choice. talk and, and yeah, is, again, is a great right choice. By him doing that. But he I looked think. right too. It looked so much better than even Mark Hamill in, in Mandalorian did last year, right? Yes, it looked. It didn't. Strange enough to say this, he didn't look dead in the eyes. Yeah, no, he didn't. Right? He like straight, it had, weird to say that for a ghost effect, but there was like there was emotion there. there. Yeah, it was. It was really, really well done. And like for the first time ever, the goat, well, the first time Slimer, I guess, did, but the ghost is actually helping them bust. And that's why I don't think you could do that story. This particular story, it's like a sins of the father story, really. It's the sins of the grandfather, really. You can't do that story without the baggage of Ghostbusters 1. No. Yeah. Right. You need that. It needed to be Gozer. It needed to be, you know, it needed to hit those familiar beats, but it still put a new spin on them, right? We got a little bit more, a little bit more range from like with the Keymaster and the Gatekeeper, right? We saw just a little bit more. Like it was now, it was interesting. Well, the, the group that was help trying to help Gozer come in, like they, they, they had talked about, you know, that there was a background there that it's hadn't all been set up. Yeah. It's all set up in the jail <laughs> scene. Ironically enough, because it's a jail scene, this one too. It's all yep. set up in the, a scene that you wouldn't do today, right? The holding cell scene, the original Ghostbusters, where it's just them sitting around a desk talking. You yep. would never, nobody would yeah. have the courage to do that scene today. And I think I think cinema is worse off because of it. Because sometimes people just got to talk. And sometimes yep. that's what's yeah, best it, acting and performing is when people are just reacting and feeling each other. I mean, it is just an exposition scene, but... They were setting up, but that's the way you do a mythology that, with character and personality, <clears throat> right? But then they set up this mythology that made sense and continued mm-hmm. on. Because why would it have just ended right there? They didn't. They all they did was send Gozer back. They didn't defeat Gozer. They probably still didn't really defeat <clears throat> Gozer. They're just as as we know, you're only trapped as long as you can as you stay in the trap, right? right. And the problem you is know? now you have fifteen. Was it like a, a couple of hundred traps? Each with a piece of Gozer in it. So. Okay, so you saw the set, the two, the two post credit sequences, right? Yeah. Two. So, oh, there's two. Yeah, there's there's. Is there one all the way? At the... There's a mid credits and an end. End 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 oh. Okay, I'll spoil it for you. I'll do it. Um, okay. okay, go for it. Janine, Janine, and Winston are talking. You fought Winston. No, um, no. Is... They played the first thing they did was they played they a, play a an unseen, right. an unseen scene from Ghost, from the original Ghostbusters, one that hadn't made it into yeah. the film. Where Janine gives Egon a token from the World's Fair that she kept as a good luck charm. It's very, I mean, like, I can see it. You're like, if you're, as an editor, like, I can see, okay, this is unnecessary. You cut this. Okay. And they play that, and it's her. She has the token. She's talking to Winston. And you get Winston's vibe. You find out what Winston's been doing. Winston's been keeping, Winston pays Ray's, you know, he's like, oh, Ray will turn a profit one day. You know, and it really it does so much for the Winston character. And then Winston buys the the firehouse back. And remember, he he strokes the act wing. He's like, "I'm gonna take you." He did. He brings it home, and it looks good. And you get the vibe that he's going to restart the Ghostbusters. He's got the Ecto one going back into the firehouse, mm-hmm. and, that's and he's, where the scene he talks about it's great because he he relates to Ghostbusters differently. Than ever before. <clears throat> he's like he's like I am I'm a business. He's like I I am a businessman today, but I'll always be a Ghostbuster. And he like he talks about how that was like what changed his life was being the fourth wheel on this and how necessary he was like Ernie Hudson is great in this bit part. And then at the very end, you see the containment unit. Yeah. And, and the, the red, red light is flashing. So, and they cut. 
I was personally hoping for a Vigo thing, but I didn't get that. So um, <laughs> that's fine. I'm the only guy who yeah, wants yeah, Vigo. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, so you get the hint that there's they they could if this works, there's an opening to do so, more. Oh wow, I'm so I'm so sad I missed it. I want to see if I can. I watch googled it, on YouTube. it in the theater to see if I had to stick around. I I actually. I actually told people sitting next to me that got up to leave. It's like, no, no, there's more. And they're like, oh, oh, and everybody sat back down. Yeah, everyone's so, been a lot, of, a lot of people got up and my girlfriend had to go to the bathroom. So I got up to. I did too. I went and peed and I came back because I knew it was coming. Oh, okay. We know um, this trailer. These credits take forever. Yeah. But the first credit sequence is great because you, you see that, that Dana's, Dana and Peter were married. They're still together. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. awesome. Which is, like, which is which, nice. And, which and actually she, brings up. One of, I'm sorry. Well, just one thing. Like, crap. Yeah, just one one thing. Sigourney Weaver does not age at the same rate as the rest of them. <laughs> no, 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 she doesn't. She looks like thirty years younger than the than the rest of them do. So to be fair, Aykroyd and Hudson look a lot better than than Bill Murray does. Yeah, Hudson looks better. I don't know about Aykroyd, but yeah, better than Murray looks rough around the edges. My friend, he does. He yeah. late, lately he has been all right. Which does bring me up to one. I do have like a couple simple. I wouldn't even say they're major complaints, but just kind of like, eh, I kind of wish they had gone another way with this. What's the that? first, the first one being, why did not, why did Janine and and Egon not end up together? Why is she not the mother of oh um, one of the first quote unquote ships of of like the geek uh, culture? Okay, can I? Because Janine was with Lewis at the end of the second one. Mm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was a shame we didn't get Rick Moranis back, but so what, but that's I'd the like, thing. Like they never say who Kelly's mother is in this movie, right? No, they don't. Um, and, and I was trying to I was trying and, to do and, math in my head, and like I he all I could come up with is that she was born before the relationship ended before Ghostbusters, huh? And he never talked about it. But didn't never came up. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it's because only thirty it, years like, between Ghostbusters and this, right? There's thirty because it take eighty four to twenty twenty one, so it's thirty eight years. And the the and, actor is forty, and Phoebe is so, playing a twelve year old. So the math it can work. Is it a retcon? Yeah, it's a huge wreck. And if that I get if that bothers people, I get it. Um, I get it. But I mean, this all is like based on the fact that Harold. This is this movie doesn't play out this way if Harold Ramis doesn't die young. So yeah, it is what it is. But I, I it's quite. I can I can understand that because I was trying to do the math in my head too to make right. It but I, and they never say who her mother is. Like it's never brought up. And I and like. I kind of want to know that story because like, even though they weren't together anymore, you would think she would have shown up I, after the, uh, when her, the father of her children or her child passed away. I thought she might be gone too, to be honest with you. I can't yeah. verify that. Awesome. There's a, there's a part of me that, that would love to read the script. I bet there's something that didn't make the final cut. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Cause the movie's if, pretty trim. The movie if is they're, pretty um, yeah, if they're leaving it open for more films, that's a plot point something that could, could come back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely something they could do. Yeah. Um, how awesome was Walt? Like I said, I talked about this being a Joe but, Dante film. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. No, but okay. I say, but on the flip side, the fact that she wasn't emotionally attached to Egon, well, I mean, not in that way, made her scene a lot cleaner. Uh, okay. I like this too, because I think that's a nice plan. Egon Spangler is Egon was very unemotional. Right. right. And Phoebe's like that too. It's yes. like they just they're very detached emotionally. And I think that Carrie Coon plays that role very much like that, where she just 
she's a little bit because she has her she has her dad's biting sarcasm because egon was pretty sarcastic mm-hmm. but she's just not as like intellectual as he is right but she kind of deals with stuff the same way it's just like you know mm. there's like yeah there's walls which this and, whole movie's about the walls that families put up between them it is yeah. any any okay oh, no i think i love i wonder what the relationship is between jason and ivan Reitman. you know it was hard mm. for me not to read into this on in a lot of ways but i'm very curious I'm very curious and, and again, McKenna Grace played Phoebe like like that personality type, and yet somehow, like she's almost as good as Leonard Nimoy, somehow playing a completely logical person and showing more emotion than some of the other actors. She is, she's so damn talented. Yeah, I was shocked at how much of the movie it's ballsy to make a movie that hinges on the performance of a child actor. Yeah, right. What, it's, what, uh, what's the saying in Hollywood? Never, never rely on child's kids with, and dogs. Kids and dogs, right? Yeah. What What does a hamster and a cigarette have in common? Oh God! It was like you can't, they're both, both are harmless until you, until you put them in your mouth and light them fire. Yeah, I laughed oh so hard at that joke. Um, it's I don't get that, but it's a great little character tick. Yes, you that's know, that's what it was. Like I thought it, I thought I thought it was really well done. Like, and she delivers it like. And it's oh, very Harold Ramis like, you know, there's like and, and the whole thing is it's like it's when they're going down in the elevator down into the 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 shaft down to the temple and it's like it's everyone's nervous. So it's a, like a break the tension moment. And it was like and it's such a stupid joke, but that's what makes it so funny in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. My favorite scene is Walmart. The, right. the the miniature yeah. stay because, puff marshmallow man. Well, it's that it's like the whole scene has very much a gremlin. Like I talked about it being feeling more like a Joe Dante film than a uh-huh. Reitman film. That that scene in particular is gremlins, right? The mini yeah. puffs are gremlins, and they even act like him at the end of the movie, like destroying the Ecto one and stuff like that. Yeah, or, or like, just then, murdering themselves. Like that that was oh, a yeah. gremlin thing to do is just murdering totally. each other and yeah. It's and laughing very, while they're doing it. And again, this the, the DNA that links those two movies together with both being released, like the same type of audience, like this would never happen today where those had the exact same release date. Like yeah. it's, it's insane to think about. But the, but it's like, and I love the, the homage to it because it does work and it does fit. And I love when Paul Rudd turns the corner and, you know, Vince Clortho is eating a bag of dog food. <laughs> right, because that was people like, oh, it's a dog, it's a dog, it's a dog. And there he is just chowing on and it, and it it's funny because I did not even think about the key master and the gatekeeper, the gatekeeper. Yeah. until that. And me I'm too. like, Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Me too. I thought the same thing. And then I'm like, and when he got it, I'm like, Oh, I know where this is going. And I love how they did her possession scene with the smoke billowing into the basement. Like, yeah. It's really cool. Like they made it yeah. a lot more, visceral but they paid homage they again they paid homage to the chair scene the famous chair scene with sigourney weaver yes which was right? terrifying because terrifying. She, the way she was screaming and everything like terrifying. that was that was the, that was the thing you'd be watching ghostbusters the original in the theaters in, in 1984 and be like this is funny this is funny holy shit did i just shit my pants it's like it's you like know, the scariest. That, it's still the scariest scene in any of the movies <clears throat> yeah it freaked the andy out the freaked the andy out the first time he saw it yeah, you know, it's it's such a but this is such a well done movie, and it really is. And again, if you're not into nostalgia or you don't have a connection to these characters, I get why it doesn't land with you. Or if you're dead inside, or if yeah, you're, yeah. I think a lot of these people are dead inside. I really believe <laughs> that, and they're just like if 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 you look at films analytically, you know, it's just like oh, it's got to be here, it's got to be here, it's got to be here, it's got to be. Here. You don't get 
like yeah. art isn't for you man art yeah. isn't for you oh yeah oh i loved i love the scene when what's the son's name trevor yeah trevor's working on ecto one and the wire just fixes itself and the car starts and it's like you know egon did that and it was oh, just yeah. like oh it was just yeah like I think I rolled a tear at that a little bit too. So nothing. My grand, my grand, my son has a big connection with his grandpa, my my wife's dad, and like they're buddies. And it just it really made me think of that a lot. Watching this grandfather who really didn't have a chance to really know his kids because of his own personality or his own personality is really trying to fix that because this again it's like it's like on golden pond in a lot of ways mm-hmm. with ghosts you know it's so weird like the, the and that but influences. like i mean that's the whole thing he's from the beyond the grave is trying to connect with his grandchildren mm-hmm. like how can you not love that idea oh i agree i love it and it's again it's it, it's a new that's a new dimension for ghostbusters like ghosts in these movies are just like abstracts right mm-hmm. they, they were this, all just things they yeah they're all just things, things. Yeah. goblins really yeah this one we actually deal with like a traditional ghost story which we never had in a ghostbusters like i don't think that people are giving that kind of stuff enough credit well and that brings up the whole thing of you don't like you if if you met an egon ghost you wouldn't have to catch him like you don't you now you're bringing up the the facet of ghosts that don't need to be caught but maybe need to be helped to to move over to the other side well they talk well that's that's quite that is the whole story for Egon in this movie mm-hmm. is he has Finishing unfinished his business, unfinished business yeah. his unfinished minutes of, of, of getting rid of yes. Gozer and when his whole family. That's the beauty of this movie. At the end of the movie, it's his whole family. It's not just his daughter and his grandkids. It's also the other three Ghostbusters all work together. I'm getting chills. It's, all it's work so to, well done. It's so well all done. work together to fulfill his life's mission, and right. then he can finally go to heaven. Yeah, it's like that is the perfect movie. I agree. You know, yeah, I don't get. I, I they get. all the and they they all have a part in in at the end. Oh, they right. all do. It's not like one person did everything. It's there's no there's no Mary Sue in this movie. Everyone has a part to play. They all and, work together. And Phoebe could very easily be interpreted as a Mary Sue if you don't really understand what that term means, or if you're just mad about seeing girls do stuff. Like it's very easy to throw, say, "Oh, it's just a Mary Sue." It's not. No, no. it's not. She's no, because she needs e- character. She needs Egon to help her at the end. Well, yeah, but that's the whole thing too. Is the girl who who can't connect to her mom. So her mom and her have this exact same relationship dynamic that she had with her father. Uh huh. Just again, something that's very commonly done in drama. But again, it's just be sitting it against this world of ghosts and goblins. It makes it interesting, and it provides enough of a tether to reality to give you something to hook into, which again was never done in the original Ghostbusters. Right. Right. Yeah. That was just like the guys were trying to make money and it wound up. Oh, my God. We stumbled ass backwards into the apocalypse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, so so can I nitpick a little bit here? Sure. I, gonna, <laughs> no, no, no. Just no. That, I mean, that's your job, John. Just to bring bring stuff up. But but OK, so one thing, J.D., so honest trailers, how it should have ended. And some oh, I hate those things. I don't I don't I think them. they're but they're not serious, especially how it should have ended. They're not they're, they're not. They're not doing it seriously. They're not like this is what's wrong with them. They're just they're just having fun with it. They're not. Yeah, but that's doing not what it. people take from. Well, I know yeah. that's because there's, that's a, the there's an everything wrong with CinemaSins channel. 
which is a guy who took it too seriously that is. and is like trying to say, oh yeah, the cinema since got, you know, but that, but the, but they're not really like, I don't want, I don't want people going away thinking that these are, you know, not, you can these go, are not. No, um, you can go away thinking that I think that because I do. Yeah. But then I don't think they are because they, they poke fun at themselves too while they're doing it. Like, you know, All right. but, but here's the thing. So this movie should have probably been a half an hour longer. The, the, this is what, these are the things that I've got. The um, Finn or not Finn. Was it Finn? <laughs> Finn Wolfhard? Oh my God. Trevor? Finn, Finn. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard, Trevor. They could have done way more with his character and with Lucky's character. I th- I think maybe there's maybe some stuff on the cutting room floor because they, they weren't as developed as they probably should have been. And then they, there was, there was this, the, the one part of the movie that took me out of it just a little bit was okay gozer comes back and it was it was like just this fast forward past all you know Gozer's back and kills the the what's his name evo shandor yeah evo shandor just like yeah oh here's evo shandor clunk and you're on the throne and that was it right oh i liked that i thought it set up a great red herring oh this year the evo shandor you thought evo shandor was going to play especially casting jk simmons to play him I think you I think you're supposed to think it's going to play a much larger role and you're and then she just rips them in half to show how insignificant. Yeah, I, I think it's a nice little dig at organized religion in general. But I thought that I thought that it was True. A great, I thought it was just a great red herring. Well, it, it's it's a it's a play on literally every bad guy. It's like I shall resurrect this this evil God and I and, will get rewarded. And that's it, it never happened. Yeah, <laughs> but, I know you're right. But the, and, but, the, and the thing is, we've seen that a thousand times in movies. Yeah. The the, and, the, and the lackey you... guy brings him back and then he just gets killed. And it's like, okay, well, he didn't even do anything to bring her back. It, it, essentially, I mean, he built the temple, but like, here's, yeah. Yeah. I see but, where but, you're coming from. But here's why I think that's different is because we don't know him as a character. Right. We don't. Right. right. We just know him. We just know his specter. And that's why we expect more of it. And I think it does serve as a nice surprise because, again, sometimes we uh, people like to check the boxes and stuff like that. And you want to say you want to know what the mo- we know the seasons. We know the motivation. We know the where we know. We know everything. But we never get a chance to, like, really get to know him as a character. And he's but at the end of the day, he's insignificant. Right. Yeah. But and and that's and that's fine. But aside from that, but I get like, it. I get what when 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 they when they introduced Gozer in the first movie, they had the whole that whole, I mean, like maybe five, ten minutes at least of setup of them driving to the, the high rise and you know, all the troops and everything is it. And I know this is a smaller movie, but they could have had some lead up like did they did they just like it was like they just apparated to behind the throne and they're so, setting up and all that they, they, there could have been a little bit of discussion in the in the ecto one on the way there here's what we're going to try to do or something like that well it, it was just it just went a little fast like i wonder if there's a lot of like i don't know if they had like a time limit because of the studio or something and they just probably. dropped some of that on the cutting room floor. I mean, but, it's a two-hour like, movie. I don't think you want a movie like this to go over two hours. Now, yeah, I will say this. I, know, I was, ex- was so good, you didn't notice. You know? no, I agree with that. I, agree I with was that. expecting Gozer to ask Phoebe if she was a god. I was I, expecting Gozer to recognize the patch on this on her arm. I think she did, to be honest with you. And that's why she didn't. Because she didn't. I, th- I thought she would ask her to choose the form of the Destructor. And they didn't do that. Yeah, they didn't do that either. 
but I maybe maybe goes or learned I shouldn't do that because that didn't work out last time. Hmm. You know, I mean, like that's the thing about like we don't have a lot of motivation for like goes or what they're gonna do. But again, it's like it's bullshit. So you make it up as you go along anyway. I, like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm glad we didn't get the exact same thing. I love the trap. I love trapping Zool. Oh my no, only, that was that was a brilliant plan. It was. That was really cool. My only right because they they realized they needed the keymaster and the gatekeeper. And the gatekeeper to, for her to be fully materialized in this yes. in this plane. So my only really my my only real criticism of the scene, and it's it's a stupid thing, but it's like the look of Gozer from 1984 was very 80s. Why they kept the very 80s look in 2021? Like she could have had a different look. It did. You know, You'd have to keep the same look, but it's also a little different too. Her eyes are different; like it's a little. Well, I'm talking about the hair and the yeah, it's the it's, sparkly outfit. It's almost there. You're right. She's very 1984 there. Yes, and I th- I do think it's because they want the audience to recognize. I agree with you. I think it's just because they want the audience to recognize her. But I get where you're coming from. I think that would have been okay. But I think they wanted to drive home. This is Gozer. So yeah. I mean, I, I get it, but I, I get both sides of that argument. I, I'd have been fine if they'd have done something different, but I get it. Yeah, but why would Gozer, how would Gozer know to look different, right? Like, well, unless, I mean, like, there are ways that could go last time. It, it could be, a, she could be a manifestation of the, what people, well, the, the image that people have around, they also, around they also make the point of saying it's not a man or a woman, it's a God right. that can take any form. So it like it, it didn't have to be the that 80s look again. Right. Know? But it, yeah, I mean, again, like like you're saying, these are just small little things. Yeah, it really... doesn't affect the movie at all. It just hey, Jack, it was an odd choice. Did you notice the last frame, the very last frame of the movie? I'll tell you what frame I did notice is when podcast handed Phoebe a thumb drive and it was Rainbow oh, Dash. Oh, I don't even know what that is. What's Rainbow Dash? Uh, my Little Pony reference. Oh. For, no, for the G. last the last frame in the movie is the Ghostbusters symbol, but the ghost isn't in there. The Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is. Where was oh, that? I... The last frame of the movie after the cre- the post credits. Oh no, no, it was it was just a different ghost. It no, wasn't. It's Stay, Stay Puft. Was it Stay Puff? Oh, 100 percent Go back. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't I didn't watch that last ever curse. I wonder, I just wonder what that means. Mm. So well, you remember the opening, the opening thing said from Ghost Core, right? Right. What was that? That's the comp- that's the production company. Oh, okay. I, I thought it might have had something to do with the actual Ghostbusters corpse that's you know, core that's out there, right? It and, might, it might. I think they might have some type of relation to them, but I hmm. think it's the production That's a... That's a good question. Let's see. But but go ahead. Go ahead. No no. Go yeah, ahead well, I'll, I'll, go. I'll go. It's the last shot of the movie. Is just is just the the graphic like the, the famous Ghostbuster graphic, but the ghost has been replaced, and the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is in the middle. And I wonder, I wonder what that means. It means that you're joining the MCU. It's possible. <laughs> Sony. They got those oh, God. good relations. They got those good relations with Marvel. Hey, we we should be happy Venom didn't. Just hey, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. There's your there's your sister six. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you would love it. Admit so, it. So Ghost Corpse, <laughs> Ghost Corpse Incorporated is an American production company formed in 2015 to oh, oversee so they the, made, they the made Ghostbusters the franchise. Yeah, the see oversee the Ghostbusters franchise. It is a division of Columbia. So every movie has a production. Usually, but that means. That- yeah, usually every movie has, even usually a movie has its own production company. It's the people that are right. producing it and making it. Yeah, but that means that they've got they've got a separate bunch of people that are, you know, they like they're yeah. teasing that they could do another movie, 
and it would be interesting to see what a fully funded ghost but like no no more no more of this like uh, almost every so every incarnation of the ghostbusters plays the same thing oh everybody forgot about the ghostbusters they they don't believe in ghosts anymore it's like it'd be not, and and they're everybody's down there like it'd be nice to see a fully funded ghostbusters that, like east coast west coast that was Aykroyd's original idea but they didn't have the budget to pull it off, right? Well, after he wanted, this movie, they might. Well, he wanted the Ghostbusters to be this thing that, they, that there are guys that are called Ghostbusters, and it's just part of society. So that Ghostbusters would be SG1. Going, yeah, it's <laughs> like that would be really cool. And I think that's kind of the vibe I got from what Winston wants to do. There you go, Ghostbusters GB1. Yeah, GB1. GB2. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that's what they're setting up with that Ghost, after credit scene. Ghostbusters is that- Unlimited. They said that he, you know, they said he was a billionaire. So not now extreme. he's got the money. No, not extreme. <laughs> so he's Sorry. got the money to set something like that up. So I yeah. think I, I honestly would say, yeah, that's what they were doing. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that. I hope I hope the movie does well enough where Sony goes, yeah, there's still juice here. As long as the right people are still in that's, charge. That's what it takes to make these kind of movies. Like you need the right people with passion for material that get material. That's well, that, why the Marvel movies are because it's the people get the material. Yeah. So Dan Aykroyd, oh my God, uh, what are their names? Dan Aykroyd, Bill, Murray, Hudson, and, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson were on The Tonight Show and they asked, they were asked like, it's been so long. There's been many oppor- there's been many times to try to like redo it. Like, why did you guys decide to do this? And they said that Dan Aykroyd was like, well, we weren't going to. Like, we were basically done. And then the script, you know, they 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 got the script and it was like, no, we have to do this. Like, they all they all agreed. Like, they all read the script and it's well, like, well, they did it for two reasons: Justin Reitman and and Harold Ramis. Well, they said too that they weren't going to make because Murray was like, I'm not going to be in a ghost, but like, yeah, he said he would never do a ghost. Right. Yeah. And there's yeah, like a, there's a great cinema like I I bashed on the YouTube guys but there's like um Cinema Void they do they did a documentary on the uh, the failed Ghostbusters threes and they all came down to the fact that they just didn't have the right story or the right script yeah right yeah so like when they the three of them said like yeah this was like a movie this was a script they couldn't ignore yeah but that's the thing can they do it again it, it, I'll tell you something if they hired J- Joe Straczynski. There were a lot of really, really good Ghostbusters stories in the real Ghostbusters. I'm so this, so, I have a question, so, real yeah. quick. The ejector seat in the Ecto One—that's from the toy. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, you never saw that in, the, no. in either of the first well, two movies. My question was: Is because those toys were based on the show? Does that incorporate a lot of the mythology of the TV show into? The Ghostbusters. They could, they, bar- they could it, definitely borrow from it. If they, if it did, though, you wouldn't have had the original containment unit. You would have had the big basement containment unit, right? But they could do that the next movie. Yeah, I think they should borrow liberally from that show because there's so many good concepts, like the Sawin character, the guy with the the evil with the pumpkin head. Yeah, um, the the book, their interpretation of the boogeyman. I really like the boogeyman was a really good one. It's a really good one. So Andy still scares and he loves it. I think that there's a lot that they could take from and adapt from. Cause again, I like, you know, Vigo, but I don't think a lot of people do. And I think there's a lot better stuff that they could borrow from if they're choosing to go again. I wouldn't mind seeing them do something for Netflix. That's a little bit longer form. Imagine them going after the Krampus. I mean, like it just, that's cool. Everything's endless, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was what's cool about the cartoon show is that like anything, anything that you could think of could be a villain for the Ghostbusters. Yeah, right? but 
but it was also the cartoon, the real Ghostbusters mm-hmm. that introduced the idea of, and it was Joe Straczynski's writing that introduced the idea of, you're not just going to bust ghosts. You're going to help some of them to finish their unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is what this movie was. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, like I said, like, part again, that and but, part goes. But, but yeah. who was the right, but Jason Reitman probably watched a lot of those shows. Yeah. Right. It was a cartoon based off his dad's movie. Why wouldn't he watch that? You know, he was at the right yeah. age too. Well, was. I mean, that's the thing too. This It says the script is by Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan, which is another thing. There's not like 20 people listed as writers on this movie. Which is always nice to see because it usually means it's way more what uh, cohesive. Yes. <laughs> the less things, the better. Mm. I like this, man. Right. I think this is, I think this is really good. And if you didn't like the movie, you probably don't probably have no soul. No, you probably don't have a connection to the source material and you probably don't understand what these movies are supposed to be. Right. No, I, think, I agree. I think it's a good movie. Even if you don't have, you've never seen the first two movies. Well, that's, Okay, so that's my question. Without not worrying about the second one, does this movie work if you've never seen the 1984 Ghostbusters? Movie? I don't think it works at the same level, but I'm but not, I'm not even talking about. I'm not even talking about the nostalgia of it. Like, does the story right. make sense? Do they give you enough information about the first movie? If this movie makes sense on its own. That it, like, I don't think we can answer that question. Yeah, yeah. you'd have to. Have somebody who, too, did, who actually didn't. Yeah, I think we are all too too connected to the source material to accurately judge whether or not that works because we just know it right maybe it does maybe it doesn't i'd love to talk to somebody who's i've never seen that movie i don't know that's a great question i i think there's enough in the plot though because i they, think the flashbacks two. and the and the, her watching the old commercial and and the exposition with paul rudd's character i, I think there's enough there to to give you kind of this mysterious maybe, backstory you know maybe you know i'm not i'm watching I'm the clips 100%. on youtube yeah i which is by the way genius yeah oh yeah i was absolutely because that's exactly what would happen yeah <laughs> that's exactly what would happen like i love i love i love it's a big thing i love in stories books movies whatever when people use modern technology to learn things that they couldn't have done so easily 20 years beforehand yeah like i want to learn about the ghostbusters i'll just look on youtube like that's something a kid would do that's something anybody would do i mean like it it fits because you know for a fact if that happened in this world those commercials would be uploaded mm-hmm. yeah right like, well you go you go on now you if you want to see any 80s cartoon right now or intro or 70s they're all on youtube now so yep. you know my wife and i before andy was born we would do that like some saturday nights we had nothing to do we would just watch these youtube videos of just that would just be the the intros to all these cartoons we grew up with and we, no we would do we would just talk about the cartoons we used to watch yeah as a kid. we're nerds so it's yeah freaking that's awesome. a good thing two two i actually just recently looked up marlo and the magic movie machine and the oh original God. monster squad I've the original seen Monster the, Squad. I never watched it, but I've seen that intro. What the, the Monster Squad? Monsters. Because for me, the monster. I'm younger, so for me, the Monster Squad is that 1987 movie with the kids mm-hmm. versus the universe. That's like that was my jam as a yeah. little kid. She won't let the wife won't let me show Andy that one yet, but that movie left a huge impression on me. But there was a Monster Squad Saturday morning cartoon. In I know the it's, it's, all the, it's all the monsters, a live yeah. action one. Yeah, that you know it, okay that's funny not letting your kids see it and i mean he's five and i get that maybe a little older for monster squad yeah she wants um, yeah she thinks it's a little too- but here's the thing let's go let, let, well they, can, they, they let's bring up wolfman in the nards let's 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 bring it back to ghostbusters 1984 10 year old me right i go and see my dad used to take us to movies all the time so, so young he, in that age my god 
so so we went and saw ghostbusters loved it you know we got the book for the movie and everything afterwards where it was like it had photos from the movie and this whole story in it yeah Yeah, and and he bought us the soundtrack and and like the whole thing like we were we were ghostbusters ghostbusters stuff you know and then i then like one day we're talking about ghostbusters and my dad goes now my uncle ed is my dad's older brother and he has three daughters and they're all older right like I think I think the his the youngest my cousin Terry is like four years older than me right three or four years older so she was a teenager right and my dad's like oh your uncle won't let let the girls watch that movie and I'm like what he's like yeah he's, he said he said he won't let them see it so I, I like the next time we're at a family party I'm like I heard you won't let them watch the Ghostbusters movie he's like yeah it looks too scary. <laughs> Yeah, I had an uncle like that too. Wouldn't let my cousin watch like The Simpsons when we were like, like I thought, I thought that was like everyone's got an uncle like that. I think who just overprotective or whatever. Five well, is a little young, I think, for Monster Squad. I would, yeah, you know, I think I'll be able to show him that in the next year. The Boss Boys is off the table till he's like nine, I think. So, yeah. meanwhile, well, guys like us were like, oh, you know, the sure. thing <laughs> and an alien. Shirtless cop was my brother's favorite movie as a oh my kid. God. You have to be a little I mature for shirtless count. saxophone players, though. You know, Vertigo made that guy a vampire hunter in their comic book and their content, their continuation comic book. Cool. It is. Oh God, yeah. I mean, geez, I think of the movies I saw when I was the Exorcist. I think I was six or seven when I saw the Exorcist. You saw the Exorcist? Oh, it freaked me out for the longest time. Yeah. I don't oh my God. And, geez, I saw Young Frankenstein and then, when I was seven. <laughs> younger. Is, young frankenstein is different That's and then comedy. i'll never I forget know, i did too by the way i'll never forget we were in our 20s and one halloween we all got me and my friends all got together and we were like ah let's rent a movie and 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 order some pizza and i was they were like let's get something really scary and i'm like oh the exorcist that scared me so much when i was a kid and we were watching and i'm like eh it does not <laughs> okay so that's like uh, that's like that was my my senior thesis was on the exorcist it's one uh-huh. of my favorite movies it's gothic horror it's different it also came out in an era where it's like the godfather when you've seen like a ton of like you know mafia movies and you uh-huh. watch the godfather and you're like i've seen this like exorcist is the trendsetter like exorcist yeah. is the first elevated horror movie but like like exorcist walked so that you know everything else could Yes, yes. You know, we did that too when I was like 20. We rented Texas Chainsaw. And let me tell you, that one has aged pretty well. That's still messed up. Yeah. So, all right. I don't know. We have anything else we want to go see this? Movie. Yeah. Go. Definitely. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's go around. Let's get our final thoughts and a score for this one out of 10. One out of 10 Egon Ghosts. John, you can go first. Yeah. But I, I, I given the quite like, my score is going to be based on the fact that, you know, this discussion on whether or not you could watch this on its own. I'm I'm pretty sure you could, but then right after that, the first thing you should do is go watch the 1984 one at least. Yeah. Again, like most of the movies these days are like, Hey, we've got this nostalgia. Let's nostalgia, nostalgia into a movie. And, and the movie just basically is in a wheelchair made of nostalgia and that's it. And that's how it gets to you. This is basically i love this old movie let's let's make a continuation of it and give you even more better you know stuff and expand on the mythology and give you new characters and i i love this movie i love the hell out of it gods i i want to go see it again i'm giving this a nine and a half 
Cool. The All only right. reason I don't give it a 10 is because of the, <laughs> the question of whether or not it could stand on its own or not, but nine and a half. You should see it no matter. Okay. JD? I go with a nine. Many because I think half half's for cowards. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. I give it a good nine because I don't think anything is nothing is perfect. And I accept that. Like I think flaws are what makes art special, right? Like unevenness, unevenness and pointy edges is what makes things interesting. So for me, this is this hits you in the nostalgia spots, but also makes me appreciate source material. And I think it does a great job of growing upon it. Like anyone who's ever actively tried to to create long form storytelling loves going back and like hitting their own notes and i appreciate when i can see someone going back and playing you know a game that they love and they can show their love for it and, and grow it rather than like belittle it or make fun of it or you know throw it away because they want to say well we're doing now this is the real stuff you know i think only jason reitman could have made this movie the way he did and i think only paul rudd could have given it the heart that it need the adult heart that it needed they needed that <clears throat> name. They needed a guy to, get, to kind of hook people in, to trick you into seeing, you know, like I said, what had a movie that has a lot of its, it calls itself Ghostbusters, but it lends itself a lot to Lost Boys and, and like I said, the Monster Squad and Gremlins and stuff that Gremlins, did have yeah. more kid horror, right? It, gets, it is a Ghostbusters movie, but it has its <clears throat> DNA in those movies as well. And it pays, it pays respect to the 80s fun horror movies while at the same time doing its own thing so yeah this is uh it's my favorite movie that i've seen this year and i don't think it's even close to be honest with you cool yeah. yeah so i will say i think yeah i think the people that are making arguments about it leaning on nostalgia they're missing the point and yeah, i also think that is the point <laughs> i also i also feel like if ghostbusters 2 was successful and they did a ghostbusters 3 and 4 and like everything else now they're revisiting a successful franchise multi-trans franchise this would have just this is just the natural progression i think of a story like this as well if they had gotten it back then like you said jd like if if dan Aykroyd understood what the appeal was back then but yeah i mean it's i think the i think that i think again mckenna grace and harold ramus's ghost are the stars of this movie and it's a story that it's definitely a story about grandfather and granddaughter. I guess maybe that's why it hit me so hard. And it's it's such a good movie. It's like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna echo JD hams are for or or for wimps. So <laughs> I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah, nothing's perfect. Yeah, you can nitpick this, but then you have no. You're, you're I'm an emotional ro robot that emotionalist robot who just wants to hit the four quadrants and not want a good movie. So. Yeah. So yeah, go see this and and go watch the 1984 movie too. And holds uh, up, yeah. And and burn the 2014 movie, 16. <laughs> 2016 movie. Sorry, if you burn a 2014 movie. You're burning a movie that did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, I kind of hope they find a way to continue this. Maybe maybe it's a spinoff on Netflix to give us a nice long form Man, I hope story. So. That'd be, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice to see a lot more interest in the Ghostbuster guys that we see at uh, some of the conventions because those guys are always really nice and they're always doing lots of was it uh, charities and stuff. So and I think yeah, and I think McKenna Grace has got oh god, I can't wait to see what she does next. Star potentials. I want to see her in. The, I want to see her more Ghostbuster stuff. I mean, like she, I don't know how she does it. You, 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 you this character is full of of emotion that's supposedly emotionless, and she's playing it that way. It's 
Yeah. yeah, she's yeah, amazing little actress, and she deserves any credit, any accolade she gets for this movie. She definitely deserves. Yep. So, all right. So yes, go see it. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up our our fun little show this week with some recommendations for our audience. JD, you got anything? I started Firestart because I'm going on my old school king. Uh, yes. So I just started it. I'm only like a hundred pages in. I love this book. It hits it hits my sensibilities perfectly, but it is very clearly the man who's taking the work of the man who's taking copious amounts of drugs <laughs> because there's yeah. an overwhelming sense of paranoia, and you know it's very drug heavy and like it's it's interesting. I've never seen the movie, so I'm gonna check that out when I'm done with this. So, uh, but I'm I'm digging it so far. Firestarter, right. twisted Firestarter. Sorry, that's a. Uh, that's the song from oh god what was the name of that band prodigy <laughs> all right john <laughs> i'm gonna say go see ghostbusters afterlife like there's i've got nothing that's better than that recommendation right now all right it's fair that is fair i recommend that you go to superherospeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to all our social media at the top of the page comic book reviews by our good friend d square and so much more and yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to echo John. Cause I haven't done a lot this week either. Go see this movie and it's going to definitely be, I mean, at this point, it's definitely going to be in my top 10 for 2021. It'd probably be my number one movie. So we'll see. All right. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for listening. Don't let your cape caught in the door. Have a good week.